I had Logan Paul on my million. podcast. Would Logan do it with me? <laughs> Logan would kick your ass, I think. Mm. You're riding a fantastic wave. How could you not make some mistakes along the way? Think How can you be for small government and then have the government dictate all these things you. in your personal life, exactly. right? You idiots. idiots. You got it completely wrong. Can't you just wake up <laughs> exactly. and stop? Exactly. I was walking down the hallway like a dotted bull with a needle sticking out of my ass. Tell me the five steps to like, to the gates of point where someone like you would say, I want this guy in my life. I want to help this guy. Hey, JB here, the Wolf of Wall Street. Welcome to the Wolf's Den in its temporary location hidden somewhere in California as I socially distance and do my part as a citizen, whether I agree with it or not. Here's the deal. Today's guest is someone I have massive respect for. He's a true warrior because he speaks his mind and he's taken a lot of flack for it, a lot more than me. I've spoken my mind about coronavirus, but I guess I haven't intentionally navigated any lines or not crossed over lines. I just think that my beliefs are such that they're enough into the mainstream that I have not got myself thrown off any platforms or had my videos deleted, despite the fact I get a lot of hate mail for the things I say about the what I believe is an excessive response to what was not as deadly a virus as people make out. I guess because I never said it wasn't real because I believe it's real and I believe in medicine and I believe in the whole thing. I just don't believe it was the right actions taken, right? But this guy, and I'll tell you his name, his name is Brian Rose, is a brilliant guy, uber successful, from the United States, lives in London, and Brian had someone on his podcast um, the other day and there was something about what this person was saying about the relation of 5G and coronavirus and saying the coronavirus isn't real, something I think is ridiculous. I, I listened to it, I thought it was, I know enough about medicine, I think it was a ridiculous notion. With, I don't agree with this guy even one bit, all right? Um, but Brian's attitude was, listen, I don't agree with people, but I'll always fight for their right to be able to speak freely. He's a big proponent of freedom of speech which is something that's becoming less and less in vogue lately, to be able to speak your mind without having consequences, adverse consequences, right? And Brian had some serious adverse consequences for this podcast he did with this guy named David Eaker, David Eaker, right? And it had to do with this, all this shit about you know, 5G and coronavirus not being real. Again, these are things I totally disagree with. I think they're borderline nonsense. Like not, I mean, I, 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 this, even the science behind it is absolute nonsense. Because I always tell you what I think, right? I believe it's bullshit. I don't think it's real. But maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I can't guarantee I'm right. It's my opinion is that it's not, that what's going on has nothing to do with 5G and that coronavirus is a virus. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong, okay? But I think I agree with most people about this. That being said, I fully believe that this man deserves to have his opinion heard and there are many people who believe him and agree with him so hey maybe they're right I don't know I don't think so okay but he certainly should not be shut down and ostracized and vilified that's just not the American way or I believe the human way so I had Brian on my podcast uh, this morning you're gonna see this tape right now it's taped um, and it was really enlightening to see someone who's such a warrior for free press, freedom of speech, and also someone that's really spent the last eight years of his life helping lots and lots of people, entrepreneurs, and people that want to be entrepreneurs to go out and, and live the life of their dreams. He's a great guy. And he's a guy that has a message that's very sober, 
There's no nonsense to it. It's not hysterical. It's not about, you know, aliens coming down. But yet somehow he managed to get himself on the wrong side of the regulatory agencies, which I think is just nuts. So I want you to listen very closely to this interview. We really go through a lot of stuff here. And I sincerely hope that the platforms don't view what he says as worthy of, of taking off my video because I'm just listening to what he's saying. I'm questioning the things I don't agree with. Most important though, it's about free speech. That was my intrigue about why some things, if they're not true and so preposterous, then how could they be dangerous to anyone? Well, I guess in the same regard, you know, you can't yell fire in a movie theater. So there is that side of the equation too. I just don't like the idea of censorship. I don't like the idea of people being thrown off platforms or, or being uh, demonetized or, or deplatformed at the end of the day, right? Um, so I want you to listen very closely to what Brian says and make your own decision. I think he's a great guy. I think he deserves to be vindicated for what happened. I think he's on the right side of this 1,000%, but listen for yourself and make your own decision. All right, and in one second, I'll bring on Brian. This is a perfect time now to take a brief pause here, and I'm gonna give everybody here a gift. I'm gonna give everybody here free access to the introduction and the first training module to the formalized straight line certification program. This is a system that I sell for $5,000 here to individuals, to large corporations, medium-sized corporations as well, right? It's a very robust, interactive training with quizzes and exams. It's ultimately a diploma-based course that changes people's lives. But I figure what I'll do, there's like 12 or 13 modules, but I'm gonna give everybody, a, this is not one of those free things where I say, and you have to enter your credit card, and I hope you don't then forget to cancel. No, no, no. I'm talking, I'm talking really free. I'm going to just simply give you a link and you sign up for it and you get access to the introduction and the first training module, which is the five core elements of the straight line, cracking the code for sales and influence. This alone will change your existence. Just understanding what has to go into getting someone to buy from you. And again, there's no obligation. You're not putting a credit card in. Um, you have to just enter your information here. And then after you're done, once you've gone through this, if you want to keep going, then we can have a conversation about you picking up with the rest of the train. But this first part of it is free. My gift to you. All right. Let me give you the link. The link is jordanbelfort.com. Simple, right? Slash bonus b-o-n-u-s so after you're done listening to this podcast go to jordanbelfort.com slash that's a forward slash bonus b-o-n-u-s and you'll be on a page you enter your information and that will give you access to this incredibly robust training you can get the introduction and the first module which includes the quizzes the exercises and i promise you that when you're done with this first module you are going to be blown away. It doesn't make sense, but then I also know that the one thing that the regulator Ofcom here said, you cannot talk about one thing, the relation between 5G and coronavirus. You can talk about anything else you want. I also know that in times of extreme lockdown, they are building towers overnight. And so I'm trying to focus on the fact that I can't tell the truth. 
And in order to do that, I I'm pushing the envelope a little bit further, and that's what we're planning on doing on April 26th. All right, so Brian Rose, let's just get right to it here. First, first of all, you're someone I respect tremendously. Uh, everything you've accomplished, your viewpoints, the amount of value you give to people, the people that you've mentored, uh, which is a rare thing. Um, but I have to just kind of start in one spot, which is the banned YouTube stream that you did with David Icke that literally got thrown off every platform, basically, uh, talking about coronavirus. So. What say you? What happened? <laughs> tell me this. Tell us all the story. Yeah, well, look, Jordan, first of all, it's great to be here with you. I love your podcast. I love what you're doing. And last time, you know, we were together, you were right here in the studio in London. We had an amazing, long-form, nuanced conversation between, you know, two grown men. Uh, and it, it was, people loved it. It was been watched a half a million or a million different times. And uh, it was fantastic. But times have changed. Uh, in the last week, I've become the most dangerous man in the digital world because I produced the most controversial piece of content on the internet. Uh, and now I've got governments, regulators, trillion dollar Silicon Valley companies, and basically every social media platform under the sun that have banned me. Uh, they're coming after me, they're coming after my company and coming after my reputation. But I'm here to fight for basically uh, a fundamental human right, which is freedom of speech, freedom of press, and it's being taken away from us in these, in these strange times. And Jordan, you know, I might not agree with everything you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. And this, these are being taken away from us and, and we're here to fight. And that's what I've been doing the last nine days. It's been crazy. Um, but even besides the fact of being banned, we have kept it live on our website. We were hacked by malicious people. We were banned by Vimeo. We had to find new video platforms. But now it's been watched, uh, that piece of content, some 20 million times. It might end up being the most watched interview or podcast in history, right up near their Joe Rogan and Elon Musk numbers. Um, and this thing's going around the world. It's in different uh, languages. It's being shared through, you know, USB drives and, uh, you know, torrents and all that stuff. Uh, so it's been, it's been a crazy ride, Jordan. All right. So first of all, we're going to go through it right now. What happened, but give everyone, how do we find it? If we want to we just go to your website, is that the best Yeah. Way? So, you know, the, the guy I spoke to is a guy named David Ike. And so we kept the piece live at londonreel.tv forward slash Ike, I C K uh, I C K E. Uh, and like I said, it's been talked about. I, I had a list of all the articles, but now I've run out of space. It's like tell five me what, pages tell me what long. Tell us all. Give us the whole, whole skinny. Yeah, so, uh, you know, David Icke has been a guy in Britain for the last 30 years who's been, you know, researching different conspiracies. And uh, for a long time, people said this guy is, is out of his mind. And I didn't have him on the show for many years. And finally, I thought, you know what, let's let this man speak. That's what we do here. We provide a platform for free speech. And I listen to people as crazy as you, Jordan, you know, as, as crazy. I've had Navy SEALs on here. I've had CIA whistleblowers. Of course. You know, I've had Rose, Rose McGowan here, the Me Too movement I give everybody a platform to talk and then I let grown adults make their own decisions and so I had David on originally a couple years ago and he blew me away with how much wisdom he was speaking under the guise of people labeling him as a kook and as a crazy man and so when this whole coronavirus hit and the lockdown hit I was training at my gym about a block down from here which has of course been shut down since and I thought who's the guy that might be able to shed a different angle on this and I thought David Icke and he drove in, he sat down in the studio, and we had a two-hour conversation that just went viral. It went around the internet. I got, it's at six million views on YouTube. This was about four weeks ago. 
and it got a lot of people talking. He was talking about what was going on, who was pulling the strings, how our civil civil liberties are being constricted almost in an Orwellian way, you know, like like 1984. And so, of course, Jordan, I ask uh, I asked my students the other day, what's better than Toy Story? It's Toy Story 2. So I had him back on 19 days ago, and this time I let people know. And this was April 6th, so nine days ago. And it, we streamed it live on YouTube. It was the second biggest YouTube stream in the world that day, second only to President Trump doing his coronavirus update. Uh, 65,000 concurrent people. It was watched for 14 years of watch time. I got $1,000 of donations, Jordan. I don't ask for donations, but people were throwing money at the live stream. Uh, and I was like, this thing's gonna hit Elon Musk numbers, 25 million views. Based on the previous one, seven million views, this had 4X the live streams. So I was like, this thing's going to Pluto. 30 minutes later, YouTube bans it. And, and, and I was what like- was the, what was, tell me, what happened? Let's get specific. What was the well, they First of all, I have a partner relationship with them. We made them a lot of money over the years. And uh, you know, first of all, I didn't talk to them for 24 hours. I heard about it in the BBC the next day when they were coming out and calling us, you know, uh, uh, all sorts of names. But you know, the content itself was David sitting down with me and walking through, like I said, in a nuanced, long-form conversation uh, about what he really thought of this COVID-19. And it started off with saying, look, a lot of people are testing positive for something they're calling COVID-19, but actually dying from different reasons. And a lot of these false positive tests are because of different uh, antibodies that are being produced in the, in the human system. And he went on to talk about 5G, big buzzword there. We went on to talk about vaccines. He went on to slam figures like Bill Gates and Elon Musk. And then at the very end, he gave us a solution, which is to not kowtow to our human fears and to watch out who is oppressing us from above. And that was the piece of content that we put out there and it was banned. <laughs> okay, so yesterday I did a very casual four minute rant on Instagram and I put it on Facebook as well. And I basically yeah, I saw it. I saw it. And I just, you know, said what I thought about stuff. And I mean, I, I guess I was careful in the sense I never want to incite violence or something. But my, my point was just everyone, I think, don't fear this thing because at the end of the day, it's becoming very, very obvious that the numbers were grossly inflated. Now, I didn't say it was a conspiracy. I said, hey, you know, maybe they were just wrong. Maybe they were, I wasn't trying to, like, it wasn't about that. It's just that, hey, guys, let's get back to work. The time has come to open up the economy, like tomorrow, not in some arbitrary date in the future, because the damage being done, if you look at certain studies at MIT and other places, for every percentage point of people dropping below the poverty line, there's a dramatic increase in disease, in death, mortality rates drop. I mean, it's, it's really, it's pretty crazy out there. And yeah. people are looking at this to a very, you know, sort of singular lens of if one person dies, it's, it's just crazy to me. So, and I guess I'm, I'm trying to think now if, if unconsciously I was kind of walking a line not to be too controversial because I was really pissed mostly at this Michigan governor, which I thought was just outrageous. I'm sure you've heard about the Michigan, uh, the governor of Michigan, where she basically yeah, ban she banned you can't go visit a friend's house. I mean, yeah. like not I mean, and I know this will never be enforceable in the Supreme Court of the U.S. So that was my rant. But what was it, though? about this guy that they would view as being dangerous. That, that I'm trying, is, is there something that you could point to in the speech that was dangerous? Not, not, well, not, you that, know, it, not that it is, but that they would think is dangerous. Is it the yeah. 5G? Well, is it 
It's probably, I mean, I better let the story unfold. So, you know, that was Monday night. It got banned from YouTube. I started trying to upload different versions to YouTube. I put a comment in every single one of our 10,000 videos. Watch the banned YouTube video here. These are probably not smart things to do if you want to stay on that platform. But I didn't know what was going on and they weren't communicating with me, Jordan. So I had to read about it in the BBC the next day that YouTube had banned my uh, video for some 5G coronavirus related content. And when I spoke to my YouTube rep later that night, I said, what's the problem with this video? And they said, David is a COVID-19 denier. And I was like, what are you talking about? He didn't deny it. He said that this particular test, um, actually as quoted by the doctor who created the test at NYU, um, was actually testing for multiple things and not just COVID-19. So again, it's nuanced. All of these things are nuanced points of view that sometimes two adults have to have a conversation and judge. And so they said it was that. And then, of course, anything these days now that tries to link anything between 5G and coronavirus is getting pulled off platforms. And I'm not saying there is a link. I'm just saying that I would be in favor of an independent study on what's going on with these 5G towers as opposed to the media just trying to shut everything down and not even allowing us to watch it. And it's crazy what's happening in Jordan. That The crazier thing is, is that they only banned my video. I'm the, the most highest profile video to be banned for these things, and I'm asking myself why. I think it's because it was the most popular video. Have they, banned, other... they haven't banned your account, though. Your, ban your account is still No, they, they took the video down, and then they basically you know, gave me a strike, which means if I do anything else, they'll deplatform me. And so that's their way of firing a, a warning shot over the bow. But there's tons of other content out there that's on people's pages that talks about 5G and coronavirus, but I can't do it. And I think it's because it was so popular, so many people watched it, that they either decided to make an example or they were like, this thing is gonna go too big and now it's been shut down. The funny thing is, a few days later, uh, one of my interviews with the same guy, David Icke, was, was broadcast on public television because we give our content to what we call London Live Television here. And once they did it, now the regulators, Ofcom here in the UK, they're looking for them as well. So it's been crazy to see what happens. And then Sunday, my LinkedIn account completely been deleted, my personal account, London Real account, no warning, no nothing. And that was a shock, you know, that was a shock. Microsoft's a big company. Um, and so we're still waiting to hear on what's going on there. Wow. It's been so, kind of fascinating, you know, to so see. It's the, so, it's the, so you think it's the connection of 5G to COVID-19 or the fact that he said, or, or they interpreted what he said as COVID-19 not being a real disease? You know, the BBC wrote an article in the tone that basically we pressured YouTube to take this down. So uh, it's weird. I think the digital platforms are kowtowing to governments and pressure by mainstream media that they're not sensitive to a disease that's killing people. And they're making examples of certain people and certain types of content. That's what I think is happening. And they point at community guidelines. And, you know, you have a YouTube channel. You signed all of those things as well. Which, and then they say, well, it's a privilege to be on our platform. It's a private company. But, you know, this is censorship. And, uh, you know, let's be honest. The digital world is where free speech happens today. And yeah, if they shut it down. It's very, it's very scary. It's really, really scary. scary. I had a problem and with Facebook recently. I still have it right now, where something happened, um, and I and I and I'm forgiving of Facebook now because I think what's happened in, in my case is that there's no one there to. They can't fix problems right now because they're under staff. People are working from home. It's very disorganized. So things yeah, that normally that's convenient too. But yeah, okay. It, and well, I mean, I mean, no. Like what happens? My 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 ad account got disabled. 
for no reason. It just got dis- they disabled. It said I had did something wrong, and I it was no way I didn't do anything wrong because I wasn't even running ads at the time, and it just was my account is still up and everything. They just did the ability to run ads, and. Um, we still can't get to the bottom of that, by the way. And it turned out, I think what happened was that many, about a year and a half ago, I had a company that I paid like as a marketing company that was running ads. And I think their name was still on the account and they got banned. They linked the, you get it? They linked the accounts together. So, so apparently if anyone that was on your account that was linked that had a problem, they can, they would, whatever happened. I don't know. So yeah. I understand well, how frustrating it can be. It's really, it's really terrible because here's my point is that it's not, it's, these are not, these are like utilities. These are not yeah. independent companies. These are utilities they need to be regulated like utilities and they, they have too much power over basically the health and death of a business. Um, they could essentially almost put you out of business if they want. And that, you know, and there's only, there is no competition for Facebook. It just doesn't exist. They yeah. Own- and they're exactly. And they're, they're busy overriding the first amendment of the constitution. And they'll come back and say, well, you've signed the policies, you agreed to our rules, we're a private company. But, but there's no alternative, the there's no alternative to it. Yeah, there's no alternative and they can make a decision based on a whim. Uh, there's no explanation. Like I said, I'm a partner with YouTube and they didn't contact me for 24 hours. They spoke to the BBC first. I was not happy. Um, but the good news is we've found a way to push on. We have had our independent platform and I've actually had incredible support from around the world, Jordan, it's been amazing. I've had private messages from sports stars, celebrities, CEOs of big companies. And I've got now this thing called the London Real Army, which is a hashtag that's trending. And people are taking my content and publishing it all over their own social media platforms because people are angry. I mean, people, and also Jordan, like you were saying on your Instagram piece yesterday, people don't feel like they're being told the truth because they're not. Something's going on here this. that we're not being told. And, and in this time where everyone is rattled, they're at home, they're not getting the truth, their uh, economic situation's going in the toilet, this is gonna be paid for for generations to come, and now you got a guy out here putting out some things to think about, some alternate opinions, and it gets shut down. I mean, people are angry, they're really angry. You know what the um, thing is, you know what it is, Brian? It makes me wonder more when they shut something down. Like when they shut it down, they almost give it credence. And and it's like, now like I always look, just so you know, my opinion on this is I've seen this 5G stuff all over. My ex-wife is really into the whole 5G thing. She really thinks it has a, uh, a big part in this. I personally don't. I just don't. I'm very. I'm an. I'm just not a conspiracy-minded person. I'm just not. It's not where I live. I. I. I think that people are too. 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 Um. Too stupid to keep secrets. <laughs> like I think yeah. things just. Get, if there was that. But. But that being said, I'm open-minded to everything. Yet when I see them clamping down like this, I say, why? What is so yeah. dangerous about this? They, they, maybe there is something actually there. It's the. Well, yeah, it's the reverse effect. The strange thing about this country in the UK, Jordan, is that uh, the, the entity I mentioned, which is uh, Ofcom, which regulates uh, the, the media industry, also decides on who gets the 5G licenses. So it's a strange, strange conflict of interest happening there. And this is the only thing they are banning people from talking about. So I could come out and say, you know, magnesium uh, cures coronavirus. I can say that, but I can't talk about 5G and its relation to coronavirus. That's the one thing that's been banned. And like you said, when they say that, I worry. And I've been branded now some conspiracy theory website, some fake news place, some hack. You know, I have never 
never really gone down the rabbit hole of those things. No, it's uh, but not I am, where you live but, at all. But I, I, am, I know yeah, but I am a platform for free speech and I allow the people to have these conversations. Why are we so scared of an adult conversation between two people and why are we treating people like children that they can't hear that? It, it boggles my mind. It's a 60-something-year-old man sitting in the same leather chair you sat in, Jordan, talking to me for two and a half hours. That has been banned. It's crazy. What do you think about the strategies that governments have been employing to try to control the spread of coronavirus. Let me give you, let me give you my opinion. Here's my, my thoughts. My thoughts are is that the whole thesis upon which this is based is that hospitals will be overwhelmed if we don't flatten the so-called curve. So it's not that we are asking people to to socially distance and stay inside and do all these things because we don't think you'll catch it eventually. We just don't want you to all catch it at the same time. We want to slow down the process of everyone catching it so hospitals can deal with the influx of patients. There'll be enough ventilators, enough protective materials. So it's not like they're saying, hey, listen, stay inside because there's a treatment right around the corner or a vaccine coming right around the corner. So if we could just hunker down for a few months, then when you, we, we can actually treat people. It's not that. It's about the saying that we don't want the healthcare system overwhelmed. But yet the numbers that we're seeing don't show that healthcare is being overwhelmed even in the slightest. And it was all based on a flawed study by this guy, Neil something or other from, I think, Oxford or, what's his name? You probably know the guy. Imperial College London. Yeah, he had massively uh, overestimated that. He he had said it was going to be a half a million deaths in Britain, 2.2 But then he quickly ratcheted it down though. He quickly ratcheted it down twice, okay? But no one reads the retractions. It's like he said, he started at some crazy number, then oops, sorry, and again, oops, sorry, one more time. And all of the policies in place are based on these wildly inflated numbers. So my point is, is that, hey, I think that if I was a a government official, I saw that, I'd panic and say, okay, we got to lock the shit down. This is going to be, this will overwhelm the system. But- if you see that, oh, you know what? Great news. It didn't come to pass. It's not as deadly or it was far more pervasive than we thought. There's so many asymptomatic cases. Fair enough. Great news. So since we're not waiting, it's not like, like in Sweden, for example. And just let me, I'm almost done here. I, want, I know it's your interview, but I'm interviewing you, but I want you to hear this is important. In Sweden, they're taking the opposite approach, right? And they say, oh, yeah. all these people are dying in Sweden. Yes, maybe people will die more quickly there, but at the end of the day, it's the same outcome just over more time if people don't isolate themselves. That's my point. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think you make an interesting point. You know, I, I put out a pretty controversial vlog early on, even before I had David Icke on the first time this year. So that vlog would have gone out maybe early to mid-March where I came out and said, look, you know, I believe that I'm going to get this virus. I believe that in a long enough timeline, we're all going to get it. Um, as a healthy 40-something-year-old male, I'm actually ready to get it right now. And uh, I believe it's only a matter of time before we build up this herd immunity. At the same time, I'm happy to participate in flattening the curve because we all expected you know, everything to be overwhelmed. But you know, I don't think people wanna hear that and politicians can't tell people that, that ultimately you're all gonna get that. Um, they were paralyzed by the fear. They have to use fear to get the public to act, Jordan. We see that. If they didn't scare the living bejesus out of you, you wouldn't stay at home. But now that's gonna be overdone to a certain extent. 
and we haven't even talked about the economic costs. I mean, you know, you, you can see what's happening out there. I mean, small businesses are getting crushed. One in five businesses in the UK is going bankrupt. People are losing their life savings. They're now being paid for by the government, which is just gonna ruin our system and ultimately tax the same people that are getting paid. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of misinformation. I think we're seeing that play out right now as we see, what, the Javits Center in New York is empty. Uh, we built out the Excel Center here in London, it's empty. So we're finding that we don't actually need the respirators after all. And I'm fine, I mean, no one knew the answers, but I think it's time we maybe find out what's really going on. I think that's the clean. point. Like, I, I don't think there was, I really don't think there was bad intentions originally. I, and this is my opinion. And I just, and I, and I think that, you know, Trump in the beginning tried to resist it. He tried to say, you know what? It's come on. This is the flu. It's not that bad. Yes, people are going to die, but more people die of the flu. And then he, he was putting in a politically indefensible position. Because if you go, his handlers, his closest allies said, listen, you cannot go down in history as the president that let people die because they're going to torture you. are not going to get reelected. So he was in the spot. He was in a box, basically. And then what happened was he, once he went in, I think this, I don't think anyone really thought, I think it was a domino effect that the fear is, as you said, fear on top of fear multiplied this to the point where now people are talking about, you know, we can never go back out again until there's a vaccine. It can never be normal until there's a vaccine. What the fuck are they talking about? I mean, honestly, dude, I've been through the crash of 87. I've been through the GFC. People have very short memories. If you think people are going to stop going out, I think this is a complete fallacy and misread of human nature. I think it's going to be in no time flat restaurants will be full, this is my opinion, restaurants will be full, airlines will be operating again, people will go back to the way things were, maybe with slight alterations for a period of time, but I think the damage, as you said, is being done and it's massive to the actual structure of business right now. But I do believe human nature will return to being human nature, but the damage, as you say, is done. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of damage and some of these businesses are never gonna come back. And uh, you know, when you start looking at what's going on here, there's also some strange things. And we know that after 9-11, a lot of personal civil liberties and human rights you know, were, were rolled back. And you got a, little, a few of them back, but they held that policy. Now they're sharing our mobile data, Jordan, um, without our consent. You know, it used to be hard to get Apple to unlock a phone, you know, but now they're passing on data to the government. Um, also, some weird things are happening here in Britain. We're on total lockdown and they're building 5G towers. It's just strange, you know, there's some strange things happening and I'm just worried that this will cause just a regression in civil liberties and the fear is also not good for anybody and fear paralyzes people and uh, it's paralyzing this economy as well. So I don't know how this plays out. In the, a month from now, we're gonna see all the curves flatten, we're gonna see them recede and then it's gonna be interesting to see what the next move is but you know, it, it seems like a lot of people are gonna be proved wrong, whatever the next move is. What do you think about Sweden? What's going on there? About Sweden's, the, in, the, Sweden's interesting, you know, they, uh, they have a very compliant society that actually believes what the government says and kind of does what they say. Um, but there's a few countries here in Europe, like the Czech Republic and Austria and Spain that are actually opening a few things up now on these test by test case scenarios. You know, they did a study in Germany that said 17% of the people they tested had it. You know, I've had a lot of people tell me that they think they had it in January. I'm talking about people I've had video interviews with, your Me buddy too, Grant Cardone, yeah. my wife thinks she's had a version of it. A lot of people are like, this already came and went. I wouldn't be surprised if I had a version I got from my wife and I'm now 
you know, immune and carrying the antibody. We, I think this is happening out there. But again, if we had to flatten the curve to save the health system, I get why they did the fear. But I feel like we need to really find out what's going on here and then move forward. But this whole keeping people in a state of fear, it smacks of this Orwellian system. And now when they're trying to quiet us down and shutting us down and now taking our mobile data, that's why people are listening to David Icke because he paints this Hunger Games society where you're being controlled by fear. And he's like, Brian, you got a small percentage of people in this world that's got the whole world on global lockdown. I mean, you couldn't make this, up, move, this movie up in Hollywood and it's happening now. So I don't know. It I, is I, absolutely I, insane that I, I, it is. In, I never thought that people would be this sheepish and this easy to manipulate because here's the deal. I put out posts and I've been talking out about this stuff since the very beginning. I was, I think I was one of the first people probably right along with you where I put videos out there. And I, you know, again, because I'm not a conspiracy type of person, I guess my videos didn't get banks. I didn't link them to things like, I just said, like, I just thought it was, the, I thought the, the, the decision was wrong. Like, I don't think this is how you handle a, a, a potential pandemic or a pandemic as they now call, say it is, right? The point is, is that, I have a lot of training. I'm a, bi I'm a biochem major. I went to kind of degree in biochemistry. So I really know physiology and viruses and bacteria. And just the whole strategy of, of, of doing this mitigation, when you are not saying we're mitigating into a vaccine, we're mitigating into, a, into some treat. It wasn't a bad, it was just like, let's, we don't want the, it's all about the health system getting overwhelmed. But when it's not happening, I'm looking with my own two eyes right now. You can't hide the truth. And the truth is, is that it's not the Spanish flu of 1918. People are not dropping dead in the streets in 12 hours like they were. It's just not that. And that's great news. Why destroy the economy? Why? Do you know how much mental illness this is causing? I mean, can you imagine how many divorces are going to yeah. happen because of child abuse. This, it, I could go on and on with this, but I guess my question to you is, why would, if 5G is really dangerous, why would they put it out there? Why? That, that, you know, it just, you know, they're, even, what, do you want to kill people? It doesn't make sense to me. That's why I don't believe the 5G story. Why would they actually, these people have families just the same. Why would they want to put something out that's that dangerous that could be so provable? That it, why would they do that? Yeah, look, that's a good question. I'm going to kind of leave that to the, the theorists out there. But, you know, they come back to me and say, Brian, you know, why would a four out of five doctors recommend Lucky Strike cigarettes for 40 years? They keep coming back with that, you know. Everybody knew this was dangerous, and yet everyone kept doing it because there was a profit and there were these deniers. You know, I'm not saying that that's what's going on here, but honestly, I would love to see... A, uh, a sanctioned scientific study with you know key people in multiple countries on what's going on here. I think even the, the people at Huawei who want to install those things in the UK, by the way, I'm not saying there's some strange Chinese connection here, but even uh, the people in the industry say there's never actually been a study about this. Um, so I don't, I'm just curious, but I'm focusing on the truth. You know, we're trying to provide this platform for truth. And so what I've decided to do uh, which is going to be massive controversial, is I'm having David Icke back on the show. And we are going to have uh, Rose Icke 3, we're calling it, on April 26th. And the plan is to get a million people watching this simultaneously and to test the boundaries of freedom of speech and to see if we can pull this off. Obviously, I can't do this 
through one of the trillion dollar Silicon Valley companies. We're gonna do this ourselves. We're gonna do a crowdfunding platform to raise money for the bandwidth. And we're gonna see if we can actually do it without getting arrested, stopped, banned. You know, they might, they might throw me out of this country even though I'm a citizen, Jordan. Um, and so I just wanna continue this fight because I think it's so important that we at least protect this right for us to talk about these things. Um, it's, again, this conversation we're having right now, is this gonna be allowed to be watched on YouTube and Facebook? I don't know, Jordan. Why, why not? I, there's nothing that we're saying here. Um, I couldn't imagine that this could be banned. There's nothing yeah. um, right. from, even From your lips to God's ears. I couldn't imagine that my conversation would have been banned nine days ago on YouTube. I couldn't imagine I would be deplatformed from LinkedIn. I couldn't imagine Vimeo would shut our stuff down. Uh, but it's all happened. Was so, he, was, was it, was, so was it, was it like he was saying that people should not obey, should not socially distance? No. Was he, was he inspiring like rebellion or something? No, or, or? no, he's, he is, he is, his, his, his call to action is this, Jordan. This is what I find fascinating about Ike, which is why I have him on my show. His call to action is not do what I say, because that's what cult leaders do. His call to action is not revolt and commit crimes and commit Investigate violence. Investigate for yourself and see. It's called, yeah, it's called action is, is do what you feel is in your heart and don't let fear guide you. That's what he says. That's it. He said, don't live in a world of fear, whatever it is, fear of the virus, fear of oppression, fear of economic ruin. That's how you are manipulated through fear. And if you take a step back, no conspiracy is necessary. You know, that is how a lot of people are manipulated. You're going to go broke. People aren't going to love you. You're not going to have this. You're not going to have that. And that makes you play small. And that was his ultimate message. The last 30 minutes of the interview were incredible because it's an empowerment deal. So again, why was that banned? Um, and, 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 but in these strange times, they're rolling back our civil liberties. You can see it everywhere. I mean, you can't go out of your house right now, right? The governor of Michigan arrested someone from going to see their friend the other day. I heard there's a guy on a paddleboard in the Pacific Ocean that got arrested for being alone on a paddleboard. My mobile data is being given to the government. My medical records here at the National Health Service are being given to the government with my name on them. And I can't even protest it. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it it's pretty crazy. And I think, I'm hoping at least that much of this, at least in the United States, will get stricken down in the Supreme Court. There's gonna be hell to pay. I'm hoping right you know that very soon yeah. that the aclu who i don't always agree with but i think in cases like this they serve a very very important function in society as a check and balance to an orwellian society i you know there's the old saying and i've always kind of subscribed to this hey i have nothing to hide because i used because I, I lived my life when i was young for a few years and i did have things to hide and i was breaking the law and i paid for that but since then you know 20 30 years ago and i was you know I, there's nothing I've done that I've said, well, I don't care if someone looks at my stuff, but, but that is not what a free and open society is about. It's just not right because it, it's a slippery slope and it starts there. And how do you know? Because now, like, look what's happened. All of a sudden right now, it's the next, we've fallen, we've, the slippery slope is we've slipped and now we've gone down the slope and we're sliding down and who knows where it's going to end. Now, I don't think, just so you know, I, I think in the U.S., I have enough confidence in the Supreme Court to not let it get, to, to check it back. I, I really believe that in my heart of hearts. And maybe I'm naive a bit, and maybe I'm, I'm, I'm just too brainwashed myself, and I'll admit that, that I believe still in the Supreme Court and there's still justice here. Um, but outside yeah, I, I the US, so. I wonder, I don't know. 
I hope so. It's just like, like you said, in these times when everyone's locked down, you know, everyone says, okay, well, right now we have to let it happen. And this is something that David said in the, in the show. He said, Brian, when enough fear is put in place of the citizens, the citizens police the citizens. And you've seen this happen where people are shaming people. It wasn't in California, weren't they paying people to rat on their neighbors? Yes. Yeah, and it's so, disgusting. It's the I Nazis. Mean, but, it's the Stasi, but basically. It's the Stasi yeah. all over again. Yeah. With, enough, with enough fear, which means you're telling someone a story that makes them so scared of something, you can get the people to police it. Yeah. And that's where it starts to become fascinating. And again, in the lockdown state where we all might die, which was never gonna be the case, even with the guys, you know, Ferguson's numbers at Imperial College, it was 1%. Now it's looking like it's 0.01%. So it was never gonna be a reality, but the fear is there. People still walk around thinking they might die. I got Uber drivers that are offering me, uh, you know, hand wash and they're wearing the full masks and I'm just like, okay, you're 30. I think your, your chances are low, but everyone's so scared. Um, and so that's what I'm worried. I'm just worried that these civil liberties won't be rolled back and that now they will be accepted. So yeah, we're just pushing forward. Honestly, Jordan, I, I, I went to, to MIT. I got a degree in mechanical engineering. I'm a kid from San Diego. I worked on Wall Street, as you know. I never thought the fight of my life would be for freedom of speech, but I'm all in on this. I never felt so so passionate about this liberty, and so that's why we're we're staging this this third live stream on April 26th. It's at LondonReal.tv forward slash live Rose Ike three, and uh, again, million people would be the largest live stream of a human conversation in all of mankind. The only thing that's topped that is sporting events, space events, <laughs> and and concerts. And uh, I just think it's an awareness. People are tired of this and they want to kind of take some power back. Oh, I, I think, I'll, I'll tell you this. I noticed that on when I first, I did a series of three posts on uh, Instagram, like the media is lying, right? And, okay. and I, on the first post I got about 80% negative, terrible, you're a liar, we're going to report you, you're an asshole, how could you, you hate human life, you're a greedy motherfucker, you're this, you're that. I mean, I just destroyed and then I saw, I said, oh, that's good. So I put out, and I love that, by the way. So then I, like, three days later, I put out another one, and I got like maybe 30% positive, 70% negative. And I put out another one, and that was the same thing, about 30% positive, 70% negative. Yesterday, it flipped. 70% positive, 30% negative. So I, I think that we are reaching a critical mass right now where people are saying, wait a second, this does not add up. See, my point is, yeah, there's a coronavirus, and it dead, it's deadly. It kills people, but no more than a bad flu. And that if this is all about overwhelming the system, fair enough. Good point. Turned out not to be so. Like in a business, you're constantly reassessing and changing your approach. Well, fair enough. I think, great, you had to be prudent. Lock it down. Great. And I'm saying that, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Fair enough. But, hey... Can we at least get rational here? It's not happening. It ain't so. It, it, you can see with your own two eyes, how can they keep this going? Why are people allowing this to continue right now when it's just not what they said it was? People can't be that stupid. You know who's really saying this well? Tucker on Fox News, by the way, his coverage has been impeccable. 
He's the mm. one person out there who I gotta say, I've a massive respect him because I don't always agree with the things he says. And I make it a point to watch CNN. I try, I have to vomit when I watch it, but I watch mainstream media and I watch Fox. I wanna see both sides of the equation because I don't wanna get my own views skewed by hearing one voice in my head and not hearing both sides. Tucker has been right on target with, with his with theories and views on this stuff. I wonder, I just, I really believe now it's just simply the 5G thing that got, it had to be that, that got you sh um, banned on this thing. It's got to be because everything else is being said, I think, by a lot of people at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason it was given um, is this whole, you know, connection between the 5G and the coronavirus. Um, but who knows? Maybe it was just used to try to silence some of these other ideas about civil liberties being taken from us or governments being wrong or not being able to trust them. So, yeah, look, it's an interesting time. And, you know, the economic costs of lives, it's hard to overstate that. Someone did a study that every time the GDP drops, you've got, you know, hundreds of thousands of people dying. That's in America. What's the knock on effect of places like India and Africa? I mean, I think we'll look back on this in five years. And don't get me wrong, we'll do a forensic analysis through even DNA, right? They'll be able to tell where the virus spread, where it mutated, what actually happened. I mean, this could be one of the greatest travesties in human history when we actually look at what it costs, the decisions being made. I mean, there's gonna be so many movies made about this. I just hope we can make some better decisions now, but we're stuck with this fear. I mean, I think a lot of people are really scared they're gonna die they still. Are. Which they doesn't are. make sense because if you watch what's happening and even the numbers, it doesn't seem like that's a possibility. So look, I hope we normalize soon. One thing I am seeing is everybody's true colors right now. That's been fascinating for me to see. Give me an <laughs> so, example. Give me an example of that. True, so well, you, you know, that? in my space, you've got a lot of influencers and independent media out there putting out messages and, and, and talking the talk. But when the things got heavy, uh, a lot of them disappeared. A lot of them went hiding. I know people that are out hiding in the countryside that are not leading the revolt, that are not preaching gratitude and all of these things. And it's just been amazing to see how people react when their life is on the line, their business is on the line, their reputation's on the line, and you get to see who's there. You know, I've got students I teach live every Tuesday night from all over the world, and I continue with my, you know, business accelerator courses, my broadcast yourself courses where I'm teaching people how to do podcasts. And they're looking at me like, is everything okay? I'm like, not, every, not only is everything okay, this is the time to expand your business. This is the time to use digital products to go big. When your competition's in fear and scared, this is a time to take market share. Um, but there's a lot of people that are running for the hills and it's a time to show leadership, even in your family, uh, to show like, is dad crying in the corner? Is mom freaking out? Or are they telling us everything's gonna be fine? So I've been seeing a lot of true colors and it's been a great time for me because I get to see my own true colors. You know, how am I handling this as well? And it's been interesting, very interesting. Can you give me an example of, of anybody that you think has really been um, just acting dishonorably or terribly or, or, or really that, can you give me an, a name or something here? You know, uh, not my style to say call people out. I will say one thing, and I've been posting this on my Instagram to mixed reviews, is that I find Trump's daily and nightly coronavirus press conference to be very comforting. For some reason, I've watched it every night for the last three weeks, and he brings out Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks. And again, I think the reason I like it is this, Jordan, is it's basically a long form conversation with Trump. Just like you and I sat here for two hours and we talked about your life and your ups and your downs. And at the end of the day, they say, you know what? Jordan isn't what I thought he was. I thought he was this or that or that, but he's actually a dude that if I walked a mile in his shoes, I might not make all those decisions, but I see why he made them. And right. when I see Trump up there, you hear all these horrible things about Trump. I actually see a guy who genuinely cares about people 
He's also genuinely cared about the economy and he's a businessman, so he didn't want to lock it down too soon. But he's talking about the doctors on the front lines putting the masks on, going into that hospital in Queens where he grew up. And he's like, these guys are warriors. I mean, you can see his emotion. And um, honestly, I wouldn't want any other person to be running this crisis right now. I wouldn't want Biden up there. I wouldn't want some, uh, Biden, some career oh you know, or some career politician up there. Even though, I mean, I'm saying no, I shouldn't throw Obama under the bus, but I feel like I'd be getting a press release line. Whereas Trump is in the moment saying, look, I'm talking to the governors. I'm mobile. I'm telling GM to step up their fucking game and not mess with me as a president and build those ventilators. I feel like he's shining. Uh, and I've been impressed with him. And at the same time, you know, he had a bit of a tantrum the other night and started calling out the media. But he's real, and he's a guy I trust in this situation, and I feel like I've seen his true colors. I think like a lot of people have as well. So that's impressed me. I don't know. What do you think about those? I, I think that they're comforting. I think they're necessary. I think he goes on too long um, sometimes. <laughs> but, but I think... Maybe that's this. necessary for comfort, I think it's a, you know? I think it's a symbiotic relationship with the press. I think it's, some of it is staged. It has to be staged, like professional wrestling. If one thing Trump is, he's an amazing promoter. He's fucking hysterical. He's engaging. And it has to be that the press and him are doing this dance that it's just like, it's, it's almost like it's, it's too funny sometimes. Like some of the shit he says is like, it's just getting, it's classic. Like he'll call someone out. Like now he's calling people out for like any question. Like you're just nasty. You're a, you're a terrible, like it's almost like you like almost doubled over in laughter. Like it's, you yeah. could never write the script and he was like that, that, oh, come on. That's not believable. You know, you'd have a president. So I, I think that part of this is confrontation with the press serves both the press and him at this point. I really, I think it's, I don't think it started yeah. that way. It evolved into this thing where it's like CNN exists to bash Trump so people who hate Trump can watch CNN and feel better about hating Trump. It's almost become so polar. As I remember as a kid, maybe I was a bit naive back then, but it almost like Democrats and Republicans were two sides of the same coin. They were. If one got into power and one was not, maybe your taxes would go up a little bit, but it wasn't like, it wasn't this big thing it's now turned into like where the left has gone over the deep end to this insane spot and you know trump is being demonized if he's cured cancer they say oh yeah he cured cancer but he owns the company that makes the vaccine that's only been it's it's gotten so polarized so i think that's not healthy how about in the uk though what's what's the attitude by you over there on the other side of the yeah well, first of all, just to comment on Trump and these press conferences, I mean, you know, s some people say it's, you know, he's, he's a genius when it comes to entertainment, right? Look at him on The Apprentice. You know, he provides, you know, he's a showman, right? I mean, and he's, I mean, again, it's hard to believe that he's sitting there, like, speaking to a reporter saying, what are you, what organization with? Oh, CNN, that's fake news. You know, get, get a real job. <laughs> right. I mean, it's massively entertaining, but it's also engaging. You can say it's too long, but, like, it's a comfort-building situation for a lot of Americans, <laughs> and I, I watch it. Um, and so for me, it's fascinating to watch. But what I see in Trump is someone who is a great wartime leader, right? And if you remember Godfather II, there was the wartime conciliary and the peacetime conciliary. And Winston and Churchill. Hayden, and yeah, and Winston Churchill, the same. And Tom Hayden got moved out in Godfather II because he wasn't ready for the wartime. Winston Sorry, Churchill. Sorry, Tom, you're exactly. a wartime conciliary. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Winston Churchill is the same, man. He was ready to fight for this country. He was the one that kept it together in 1940 when the Battle of Britain was happening. I mean, we all, we all thought we'd be talking German over here. We're getting bombed every day. And he kept everybody on point. We're seeing the same with Trump. 
And, uh, you know, honestly, I'm feeling a li little bit like a wartime leader myself. You know, before this, people were like, okay, Brian has people on and they have conversations and they're kind of good. But now they see me stepping up and f going head to head with these institutions and like demanding our right for freedom of speech. And I just feel like I was built for this. And like my audience is seeing me in a completely different lens. It's been fascinating. Ha has this been the first time you've had a run in with, with, the, with the regulated authorities yes. like this? Very much so. I mean, look, I've produced controversial piece of content before. I've produced pieces of content that my audience is, is jarred with because quite honestly, I'm always trying to draw my audience. I even tell my bookings team, put people in that chair that, I'm, that make me uncomfortable. That make me that that make me nervous. That maybe I, I don't agree with. I've had people talk about sexual energy, and I'm I'm literally writhing in the seat. I can't handle it. I had Dan Pena on here. You had on your show, you know, calling people four-letter words and saying the most controversial things ever. You know, like I said, I had Rose McGowan of the Me Too movement talking about her journey. People that are polarizing. I love that, but I never was hit like this. I like by Dan Pena, by the way. He ca oh, yeah. he cracks me up. By oh, the yeah. way, he I, is. I, I, I think I know Pen. Besides his wife, I know Dan Pena better than any human in this world, and uh, he's a gem. And he's actually an incredible man. He's an amazing mentor. He's taught me so much. And you guys had a great conversation. So I he's a great. That a I, I I I get it. He you know he's some of I, I'm like I gotta believe some of it's for shock values, but he's just so some of the shit that comes out of his mouth. It's literally there are priceless gems that come out of his mouth, and oh, you never know when. They're I always say like when when Dan Pena goes, there will never be another one. You know, he's a, he's yeah. a treasure we have to hold on to. And it's it's all real. I would. I find. I think you did a great job with him when he's on other podcasts like Logan Paul's. I feel like he becomes this two-dimensional caricature of himself. Even on Rogan, I don't think like you got to know him. But with with our relationship, I mean, I made a documentary movie about him. I've had him on six times. I've been to two of his seminars. I feel like you get a more well-rounded guy. And like honestly, behind the scenes, he's the same guy as when he's on camera. Uh, it's an incredible piece. But look, as far as the UK, I don't know if we've had the leadership that we've had in America. I mean, Boris Johnson got stricken with the virus, uh, if you believe the virus exists. Uh, then he was out. So we haven't really had that day-to-day -day leadership. We're having a tough time here, man. We're being hit hard. I mean, you know, we're, we're, our curve has not even begun to flatten, even like New York City has and Italy has. Uh, so we're still waiting for the worst. Uh, we're going to see what happens. Question? The truth, London's a mega city in a country and so we've probably got one of the most lopsided uh, geographies in the world when it comes to a massive city inside a country of 60 million. And I think we're paying the price because quite honestly, this virus was probably flying around this city for the last three months in some capacity. If you say, if you believe the virus exists, if it's not the virus, what, what do you think is going on? Look again, I, I, I see what you mean. The reason I said that is because Ike said it to me. Um, the one thing I know is this, and because I've been so vocal recently and because we're seen as this, as this platform that's putting out a message that's been oppressed, I've gotten emails from lots of people in Britain. And one of the guys who I know very well, actually, he's a, he's a trainer of a major professional athlete here. He said he took his father, 80 years old, into the hospital, all right? Uh, he was suffering from like a, a kidney failure or something he had for a long time. He said they insisted on testing him for COVID-19. They insisted on him signing a do not resuscitate order. Uh, later, he, he became more ill and he wasn't resuscitated and he died. And they said, what happened with the COVID-19 test? And they said, we actually didn't test him, but he showed symptoms. And so his death was qualified as a COVID-19 death. And these people, and I don't know what to say to them because I feel, I feel for them, 
But his point well, that's was... A ca- that's that, a cash grab, I think, just because like in the U.S., hospitals well, are being and, paid more money for COVID-19. And, and it's, it's a numbers grab, too, because you kind of have to just... Where are the numbers? Where are the numbers? Where are the numbers? Well, they're COVID-19 numbers. We, we hear of, oh, yeah, a five-year-old died, but they had three other conditions. There's always the, but they had three other conditions, and but they had this. And so, you know, these numbers, I don't trust the numbers. I personally believe there is a coronavirus. But I don't just trust the numbers and I don't know what the test tests for and that's why I want to have people like Icon so we can have these conversations. Look into this, maybe check out the test. I'm also all for following the law. I'm keeping my social distance. I'm doing all that. You know, I don't want to strain the hospitals. I told my parents in their 70s to stay away from me, to stay away from everybody else. I believe there's something there. But I also believe there's more going on here. And, and I don't know, we need to look into this. So, I mean, to me, the obvious, you know, diagnosis of COVID-19 is because they're getting paid money if it's COVID-19. They get reimbursed more in the United States, at least, the way the system works here. You're getting extra money from the government in Medicare. Yeah, so that's why it makes sense for them. And, of course, obviously, to justify the position of a lockdown, right? I guess the the question I, I, I really have here is why didn't they lock down all the old people, all the people that were immune compromised. Why not start there with a complete lockdown with the amount of wealth that's been lost as a result of an economic full stop? You could have fed these people caviar and filet mignon the rest of their lives, these small group of people who really are in that danger zone. Why not lock those people down and then the people who are very young and going about their lives, they're going to get let let the herd immunity develop like as it is in Sweden right now, which I think is a really I really believe Sweden has the mix correct. I think that, you know, listen, I believe there's a coronavirus. I believe that I believe a lot of this stuff is just I think they just got it wrong. They did not. I think they just got it plain wrong. They thought it was worse than it was. Fair enough. So what's happening right now is, as you're going to see, I think you're 100% right. There's people walking around with immunity to whatever it is, right? That People have gotten this and been asymptomatic or very mild. In my company back in late December, January, everyone was sick. Everybody got away except me. I, I have a really strong immune system. So maybe I had it was asymptomatic. But everybody was, was sick with something. Here's the real question, Brian. How many people died last year? in the month of March in Britain and the United yeah. States, and how many died this year in the month of March? Totally, of yeah. all things, because here's the, here's the question. Where, I, I, I have a feeling that when all is said and done, the death rate, well, actually, it's going to be a lot low because no one's driving their car, so there's less auto accidents. But I believe that the net number of deaths is going to be almost the same. I don't think more people are dying. I really, I really don't. I think that you're seeing some a concentration in some very small pockets here of the kind, very small pockets. In New York City, parts of Louisiana. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I don't think there is that many more deaths. What do you think? Yeah, and that's one of the first points that David made in our last interview. And again, there were a lot of really interesting, nuanced points that he made. But he said the same thing. He said, Brian, I ran the numbers, and the total monthly deaths of all of these countries has not gone up, period. He said- Oh, it ha- been so re- it has. I've been, been re- trying to get that data. He got, he did it. He got the data. Yeah, and he said they've been reclassified 
as COVID-19 deaths. And he said, look at the way they talk about it in the media. They say they died after having COVID-19 symptoms, or they died after being tested positive for COVID-19. They never say they died from COVID-19. It's always that language. And that was one of the first things he asserted. And again, he went on for more of these assertions and went also deep into the science. It's just enough to make you start thinking about these things. So uh, again, you're probably gonna get banned as well for saying this stuff too, Jordan. Uh, because I don't know, somebody doesn't want this out there. Now, maybe because they've got to keep these lockdowns to flatten this curve. They need to suppress some of these, this information and these ideas, just like they're shutting the spring breakers down from partying on the beaches. I don't know. Again, I'm not into conspiracies, but there's weird stuff happening here. And I'd like to find out what's really going on. Well, what, the, what, what, well, you brought up the spring breakers. What about that? How does that relate to the, to, uh, conspiracies? Well, you know, they told everybody to do the lockdown, but the kids were like, we're still going to party on spring break. So they still went to this gathering. So, you know, they're thinking, what do we have to do to scare the people so much so they won't do these things? So maybe that means taking down any form of media that questions what's going on. And that's what David Icke put out with me in that, in that conversation. We questioned how things are being classified. We questioned the actual COVID-19 test. Does it produce something that can also result when people are in fear? and produce these things called exosomes, I think it's called. And again, everybody can watch this interview, londonreel.tv forward slash Ike, while it's still up. It's up right now, I don't know tomorrow. Um, And so he brought a bunch of questions in here uh, that I think made people think. And again, I think the reason they don't want that out there is so people comply. Um, And again, these spring breakers apparently, you know, went out and did it anyways, and now they track their mobile data and did all this stuff. So maybe the free media is gonna make people not comply. And maybe that's the 5G coronavirus thing. Maybe people are saying, oh, it's the 5G towers, so it's not this, so we don't have to listen to the government. You know, I don't know what their motivations are. And like I said, I don't necessarily believe there is a link between 5G and coronavirus, but I would love to see a, you know, double-blind scientific study about the 5G before we roll it out everywhere in this world. It's almost like one of these disaster movies that, you know, where like it's Snowpiercer. They, they seeded the clouds to try to make, to stop global warming and cause the greatest ice age. And you'll, well, like children, of, I think the children of men where everyone's sterile, they'll find out that 5G made everyone sterile. I think that's the fear people have, right? Like you'll, you won't know until it's too late that, that 5G was a problem. Is that the story? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Because like, be. I, I, mean, I, I just left. I, because I, my listen, you know, I just, I, I, I saw the five G videos. They just did not resonate with me. I don't, and the reason is, I just don't think. I guess maybe I just have faith in even the most greedy people. That why would you intentionally put out something yeah. so damaging? Because the difference with you can't, you know, cigarette smoking is different. It's still a choice. So you know, to to you know, when you, if people still have that choice always to pick up the cigarette or not. 5G, there's no choice. You're you literally, if once those towers are up, they're up and everyone gets exposed, even the people's families who put them up. So why would people put them up if they were going to hurt their own families? Yeah, look, I totally agree with you. you think it doesn't make sense same, to me. It's why it, it I, I totally, can't it, buy into it it. It, it. it doesn't make sense. But then I also know that the one thing that the regulator Ofcom here said, you cannot talk about, you cannot talk about one thing, the relation between 5G and coronavirus. You can talk about anything else you want. I also know that in times of extreme lockdown, they are building towers overnight. They are, they're going up in Liverpool, they're going up in Belfast, they're going up in Birmingham. Some people are burning them. I don't, I don't condone that. 
but there's just strange things happening here. And so I'm trying to focus on the fact that I can't tell the truth. And I think, you know, I'm paraphrasing George Orwell, but he said in times of universal deceit, telling the truth is an act of resistance. And that's what we're doing. That's the thing that bothers me more. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at the 5G thing is almost like a symptom that something else bad is going on. And I'm trying to get to the, to the crux of that. And in order to do that, I, I'm pushing the envelope a little bit further. And that's what we're planning on doing on April 26th. And what just you, seeing if we can yeah. get this thing off the ground. What do you think about the alternative uh, theory that it's really a vaccination play with the this other thing I've seen about the mass? It's about convincing everyone to have to get mass vaccinations and Bill Gates is going to install the microchip and they're going to track everyone. Oh, yeah. What do you think yeah. about that? It, it, it sounds like you have watched this this conversation on our website because I've watched. I, know, I'm, I'm very well informed, but yeah, but, yeah you, you got, know you could have to watch this right when we're done. But that's how that's how David wrapped it all up. He said, you know, he he did this whole cause and effect, and again, like he's been researching this stuff and calling this event for the past thirty years, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm paraphrasing him, but he, he eventually said that all leads to the vaccination where they inject nanotechnology that taps into the AI and then it all becomes controlled. Now, that's his theory, okay? It seems a little out there for me, but again, why can't he express himself so we can all make our own decision as adults? And apparently he's not able to. So, yeah, there's a lot of things going on out there uh, and theories I don't necessarily agree in, but... I, I do believe he has the right to say it, period. And so um, is your, it seems is your like problem a lot of people with, have let that problem? slide lately, Jordan. Well, say again. It seems like a lot of people are letting this basic freedom slide, you know? The freedom of speech seems like people forgot about that for some reason and are letting it go. If you can get a social network, if you can get videos anytime, they'll let a few things slide. It's just strange. Even in this country, Ofcon says, like, I can't talk about the queen and I can't talk about this. If I'm a public broadcaster, it's actually forbidden and illegal and you'll be shut down. And this place is one of the births of democracy and it's just weird how I feel like I'm one of the few people that's saying, hey, something's really wrong here. Has that always been the case uh, where you can't talk about the queen? Uh, yeah, Ofcon has always regulated the public service broadcasters here. Um, to, they couldn't say certain things like that but when digital technology came, all that got surpassed because they can't regulate that. Well, not until now. Now they're putting pressure on these companies, which is why I think I'm being pressured and that, that why that video was pulled down. There's a lot of things happening in the background that I don't understand, but this is not just a community policy that I, I broke on YouTube. Because if that was true, another 10,000 videos would have been pulled off YouTube. And those are still sitting there. That so, I've, you know, not, I've seen, that's what I'm saying. I've seen a lot of this stuff on 5G yeah. and, and vaccinations. Yeah. I've seen this stuff, you know, and I, and I listen to it because I want to stay informed. Yeah. I don't, it's not, I haven't, I, haven't, I, I, dis, I just, you know, I disagree with it. I don't think it's true. I, that's my opinion. Yeah. I'm not, but I, 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 they certainly have the right to say it though. <laughs> that's, yeah, my, exactly. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree and with you in that. Just, they're selectively choosing who can say it and who can put the message out. You know, this group Anonymous, they were really yes. famous about 10 years ago because they came and like, you know, did some anonymous digital justice. Q on and Anon, all thing Q. Yeah. yeah, they took 11 minutes of that interview and put it to video footage and put it on their homepage of their YouTube channel with 2.7 million subscribers and said, thank you to London Real for this excellent interview. And they put that piece of content. So my band interview, 11 minutes of that are on their homepage and it's at 300,000 views and it's not being touched. And there's a bunch of other videos like that out there as well, but 
our conversation, I think because it was so convincing, articulate, interesting, and watched by so many people, that got pulled. And that's just something strange happening here. So again, like Do I you said- find, Are there any people in the media, like I saw like a Pierce Morgan, that you think would take your side in this? I think, I think so. You know, there was a guy here named Eamon Holmes who hosts a show called This Morning, which is kind of like maybe the Today Show of, of Britain. And he, on the air the other day, said, you know what, why are we just dismissing and saying this 5G is all a hoax and conspiracy? Why don't we look into it? He said that and was immediately just, he, everybody jumped on him. On social media, uh, Ofcom said they're investigating. Everything went after him. He had to why? retract the, 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 the statement two days, two days later why? because he's come, they're coming after his livelihood, his business, his reputation. So, I mean, what's going on here? But in the corona lockdown, we're gonna let it slide because these are dangerous times. I mean, I don't know. Some, it's, it's not okay what's happening and uh, we need to push the envelope here and that's what we plan on doing. All right, everyone, listen, guys, follow this, share this with your friends, subscribe to all those good things, because this is, uh, wow, this is some really interesting stuff, and I'm wondering about May 15th. We'll see what happens when the birds are singing. Take care, my friend. <laughs>